As Carrie mentioned, we have been looking at Christmas movies this December, and today we come to The Grinch and why The Grinch stole Christmas. It's a Dr. Seuss book originally about a creature named The Grinch who was mean and angry and miserable and hated everyone especially at Christmas time. And he lived on a mountain that overlooked Whoville that was populated by Who's. And the Grinch terrorized them, and they were terrified of him. Here's a little clip of his feelings towards the Who's in Whoville. So, whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood outside his cave, hating the Who's. Alphabetically. Art Barkian, Abacanesia Who? I hate you! Aaron B. Benson Who? I hate you! Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. Nutcrackers. It's their hubilation. He snarled with a sneer. <gasps> Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Grinch hated Christmas. Why? He'd actually grown up in Whoville. He had grown up as a child among the Who. But he had been different. Maybe a little difficult. I don't think we would say he was innocent. But neither was it all on the Grinch. He was ridiculed by the other kids, made fun of, rejected. And he became bitter and filled with hate and mean. And his life, in a sense, lived on a downward spiral. And he now lived on a mountain where all of the trash from Whoville was thrown. And he lived among the trash. Who was really to blame for this Grinch and his life and his attitude, his hatred? <clears throat> Maybe the Who's in Whoville and how they had treated him as a child. Maybe himself. He'd been difficult. He hadn't forgiven. He'd driven people away. And now things were beyond control. And of course, another Christmas has come and the Grinch hates Christmas. And so he develops this plot to steal Christmas. And so at night he goes and he takes all of their packages, all of their Christmas trees, and endeavors to steal Christmas. So they can't have this celebration. Well, why do we talk about this movie today? Because I'm not sure the Grinch is gone. Do you recognize any Grinches today in your life, where you work, your neighborhood, maybe your home? 
The truth is we're not out of Grinches, are we? They're not just a fictional character. There's a lot of people like him. People today who are angry. People who resent the world. People who have withdrawn and shut themselves off even though they may live in our neighborhoods, work at our work. Unless we only worry about the Grinches out there, I think it's also fair to ask ourselves the painful question, are we ever that Grinch? Are we ever that angry person who feels bitter towards others, who has allowed our heart to be full of resentment so that we end up isolated and alone and bitter? It's intriguing to me that as our culture has gotten more and more connected in all kinds of electronic ways, it seems like we are more and more isolated from each other. And it is easier and easier to feel alone and to be like that Grinch. But isn't that the story of Christmas? Aren't we all like that? Feeling alone and needing something. Well, this isn't a new predicament we find ourselves in. It's been going on as long as the world has been in existence. As Russ mentioned in his communion meditation, the struggles that we face today are not new. They have been going on since the time of Adam and Eve. When the world walked away from God and said, we don't need you, God, and that continues today anytime in our own lives, we say, I don't need God. I, I can handle this. I know what's best. I want to call the shots in my life. And isn't that why Christmas needed to happen? Not just because God had it on a calendar or God thought this is a good idea. It was out of our need, the situation we find ourselves in. I want to read a passage from Isaiah 61, written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. But it's really about why Jesus would come, why Christmas needed to happen. And what he would bring to us. As I read it today, I want you to listen for something. And It's a Christmas passage. You're familiar with it. But this time, I'd like you to listen for one thing. Listen for the human condition. Listen for the situation that caused Christmas to happen. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil in joy, of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Do you hear the condition of the people? Poor broken-hearted, captives, 
people living in darkness, people mourning about their lives, people grieving, ashes, a spirit of despair, sound like the Grinch and his life, sound too much like life today, maybe your life today. Well, the movie Grinch is not without hope because there is one other character in that movie, and that is Mary Lou, a young girl who, who looks beyond the exterior of the Grinch. And no matter how the Grinch tries to terrify her and convince her he is this horrible, worthless person, she refuses to see the Grinch in that way like everyone else sees him. She cares about the Grinch. And she is convinced that deep down inside that Grinch, there remains this good person. And she won't give up on him. And through Mary Lou, the Grinch changes. It struck me how much Mary Lou is a person that personifies God. Isn't that the story of Christmas? That God looks inside us. He looks beyond our attitudes, our behaviors, things we've done wrong, mistakes we've made, places we've ended up putting ourselves, and attitudes we've developed. Those very things that make us resemble the Grinch at times. And while that may cause others to write us off, to avoid us, it might break a relationship with another human God is like Mary Lou. He doesn't give up on us. He is convinced down inside each one of us is one of his children, a son or a daughter of God. He loves us in spite of who we have become. And he comes to change our hearts. He comes out of our need for a new life, a fresh start, a new perspective. So that we don't have to be like the people in that Isaiah passage. Living in darkness. Mourning and grieving. Also from Isaiah is this promise. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That is the Christmas story. Everything else on that puzzle are the details. But what was truly happening in Christmas was God shining his light down into our dark world. And no matter how dark it gets, the light of God in Christ is powerful enough to change any of our lives, to bring that light into our lives and change our hearts. So that we can know that joy, that love that God wants us to have, that we were designed to have. John got all that. Matthew and Mark and Luke give us the physical details of the birth of Christ. But John gives us what God was really doing in that stable. What spiritually was happening for our lives I want to read two passages from John 1. First of all, he says, In him, in this baby Jesus, was life. 
And that life was the light of all mankind. Remember Isaiah 9-2? The light will shine in the darkness. John was thinking of that as he wrote this. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not been able to overcome it, has not been able to blot it out. And that light is still shining today. In that picture of the Vine Church in Zale, I don't know if you could catch it very well. It's a church in a Muslim country. And instead of a bell tower, they have a round tower like a minaret. But there's no platform to call people to prayer. There is a cross cut into four sides of that tower, and it's lit. And so at night, over this Muslim city of Zale, there is the light of the cross shining out over that city. And when I first saw that, I thought, how cool is that? But that story, that bell tower, whatever you want to call it, is only a reflection of what John is saying Jesus did when he came to earth. To shine the light of God into a world that is increasingly dark and desperate for light that we don't have to stay that way. We don't have to live as the Grinch. God sees through us, through our grumpiness. And he says, let me shine light into your life. Let me give you hope. In verse 9, John adds, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's what happens tonight. With the birth of Christ, the light of God is coming back into this dark world that we don't have to remain the way we are. We don't have to be Grinches. The light of Christ can transform our hearts. There is a scene in the movie where the Grinch is changed. I hope it gives us all hope for what God can do for us. Watch with me. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just to say. <laughs> and the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without... Packages, boxes, or bags! And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas. He thought. Doesn't from a star. Maybe Christmas. Perhaps. Means a little bit more.
What happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Christ has come. 